I'm thankful that you took time today to pull up a seat. I hope these few minutes together help you follow Jesus better by deepening your relationship with Him and helping you live intentionally for Him every day. Hey, I hope you're doing well. In this series, I hope we gain a better understanding of God so we can better respond to Him and worship Him correctly. It's important for us to think about God because as we learn more stuff about Him, who He is and what He does, it will impact the way that we live. In the last episode, we reflected on the holiness of God. Holiness, Holiness, if you remember, is the absence of all evil and the presence of total goodness. Holiness is important because it unifies all of God's attributes and allows Him to practice them or act on them perfectly. In this episode, we will look at the truth that God is love. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. John makes a declaration about the essence of who God is. He's not saying that God loves even though God clearly loves. John is trying to say that God is love. At his very nature, God is love. At the core of who God is, he is love. Before creation, God was love. He didn't start loving when he created humanity. He was love already. We see this in the Trinity. Trinity is confusing, but... I think this helps us to see what love is and what relationships are. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit living in a perfect relationship with each other. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. The Son loves the Father and the Spirit. All three completely love each other. They love each other perfectly. At the very essence of who God is, at the core of who He is, God is love. If there was no world or anything outside of the Trinity, God would still be love. Love is who God is. Not only is God love, but He truly does love. So let's try to get a better understanding of what is love. Part of our problem is is we don't really understand love, period. We don't understand the love of God. And mostly because we don't, because we love everything. I love you, one of the most powerful phrases in the world. But we also say I love pizza and cheeseburgers. I love my God and I love my dog. Some people love cats. Now this is jacked up, all right? Loving cats is just jacked up. It's a jacked up kind of love. We love Chick-fil-A and we love our mom. We love football We love this. We love that. We love everything. Love is not just some warm, fuzzy feeling that we have. It's not just an emotion. The English word love can be so deep, and at the same time, it can be so shallow. So to help us understand love, let's look at the Bible. Over 200 times in the Old Testament, we see that God loves human beings. We are the objects or the recipients of his love. Fast forward a few years. In the days of Jesus, there were four words for love, four Greek words for love. The first was eros. It has to do with passion. A passion that leads to some impulse. 
We get our word erotic from that root, and mostly we think of sexual passion when we think about this use of love. The second word in the New Testament is sturgeon. It's not really, no, it's not really in the New Testament. The idea of it's there, but in Greek culture, this is, this is what it is. It's a pride for family or a pride for country. It holds family and community together. Like, I love the United States of America. This type of love plays itself out in qualities that society or family needs. It leads to kindness. It leads to generosity. Then the third word for love in the Greek language is phileo. It's kind of like the idea of friendship. Like, I like you. You're my friend. Okay? Then the fourth word for love is agape. This word is not found often in classical Greek, but it occurs over 300 times in the New Testament. It truly is a word that Christianity brought to prominence. It has the idea of a love that gives, it, gives itself for the good of the recipient. People have interpreted this word as unconditional love. The, love, the lover loves the recipient unconditionally no matter what. In the New Testament, we see this type of love clearly in the cross. In Romans 5.8, Paul shows, Paul explains God is the unconditional lover of sinners. But God chose his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Then the most famous verse ever, probably in the Bible, is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Then 1 John 4.10. In this is love. Not that we have loved, but God... Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son Jesus to be the propitiation for our sins. For our sins, God displays the unconditional His unconditional love for us by His action. God sent His Son to rescue us from our sin and restore us to a right relationship with Him. Jesus loves us by giving Himself up for our sake. It is for our good that Jesus loves us, and He displays that perfectly. He displays the. Um, the cross perfectly displays what agape, unconditional love is. The fact that God is love, it matters. First and foremost, and probably the biggest reason, that it matters for our salvation. God created us to be in a relationship with Him. Sin messes all of that up. All of us have sinned, and our sin causes us to be separate, separated from, from God. Don't forget, like in the last episode, he is holy and he cannot tolerate sin. Because he loves us and longs for that relationship with us, he had to do something to bring sinners back into that relationship. He could have set up some rules or some hoops for us to jump through, but he doesn't make us earn his love. He wants to give us that. He wants us to give us salvation. So, Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin, and for my sin. He loves you. God loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. The question is, have you responded to that love? Do you truly realize that God is love? And that love is personal. God's love is personal. Right here, right now, you can respond to the God who at his very core is love. Here's how you do that. You have to realize that you're a sinner. Because you're a sinner, that separates you from a holy God. You have to realize that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross in your place. 
You have to believe that this act of love is the only thing you need to be rescued from sin and restored to a personal relationship to a holy God. If you just responded to that and you just started to realize that, I would love for you to let me know. Call me or shoot me a text at 205-807-8645. If you responded to Jesus, tell your small group leader that you just responded to the love of Jesus Christ. Also, if you have questions or just want to talk, hit me up at the same number. It would be an honor to walk with you and help you experience the truth that God is love. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Pull Up a Seat. If you've not yet subscribed, do that now so you can get content as soon as it comes out. Also, please help us get the word out by sharing on social media and inviting others to pull up a seat. Until next time, grow in your relationship with Jesus and find one way to live intentionally for Him. See you next time when we pull up a seat.